Hey guys, what's up? This is Dalvin, the ombudsman at the Stony Book Press and the co-producer of the Utopian podcast with Jenny and Caroline. Today for you guys, we have a special episode going over the current coronavirus pandemic and the point of view from the ground in Italy, currently in Milan right now, from some sources we have over there. Before we start this episode off, I just wanted to recommend that everybody donate to the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. You can donate as much money as you want, and that money will go to good use helping healthcare workers out in the field, fighting this new and unknown disease, as well as helping to develop a new vaccine, which should be coming within the next year. If you'd like to do that, the link will be in the description of whatever podcast app you're using to listen to the show today. And that's really it. Now on to the show. Coronavirus, a novel pandemic that originated in Wuhan, China, from a mysterious source. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. It has led us all into a frenzied mission of quarantine and social distancing. Shops all around the world are facing a shortage of supply as consumers race to stockpile as many resources as they can. Probably seen it yourself as you were shopping over the weekend. Long lines out the door as well as store shelves basically emptied out as people try to stock up uh, in anticipation of a quarantine. It has caused some countries, like Italy, to enter a state of total lockdown. Taxi drivers now insist passengers maintain their distance as they rattled through Rome's empty streets. But 107 patients have died of coronavirus in this hospital group, out of 845 admitted. Today we are here with Melvina Moretti and Roberto Zuffi, two Milan residents who are experiencing the chaos firsthand. You can't just say to a country that they have to be ready to lose someone they love. It's not something that you can imagine in the 21st century. We have the power, we have the means, we can do something and we must do it. Our government must do it. My name is Jenny Dodari. I'm Caroline Klowinowski. And this is The Utopian. We set sail on this new sea because there is new knowledge to be gained and new rights to be won and they must be won and used for the progress of all people. How does it feel to live in Milan right now? And can you just kind of explain what's happening? What's like everyone's daily life looking like there with the lockdown and everything that's going on? And when did this all start happening? Like when did it start personally affecting you guys? I think that's it is in public news. I mean, uh, you know what what is happening now here. We are avoiding our, our homes and out. And uh, I mean, the city seemed like a ghost town until we were able to, to go out. But now that we are stuck at home, we do not know what it, it is like outside our homes. And uh, we, we see images on the web which show places uh, or streets uh, without people. And uh, I think you also could see that on the news 
and in general we know that we have to stay here for like other two weeks and it's one it's rather two weeks and it's one week since here we are at home but we know that all together we, we could face this situation i mean my story my part of the I mean, my experience is a, a little bit different because I just came back yesterday from a town um, that is in our region, so it is still in the northern of Italy. It is Bergamo, in which we have a lot of positive cases. And I just came back because I went there because my grandmother is there and uh, it's important to support also old people. So I went there to do something like the shopping for her and stuff like this. But I had to come back now in Milano. Uh, so I can tell you like the situation in general in our region, but now in all the nation because we have a nationwide lockdown. And at the beginning, we uh, had the Prime Minister, the Italian Prime Minister, that is Giuseppe Conte, uh, that um, ordered the Northern Italy into a lockdown on the 8th of March. But after a couple of days, the entire Italy uh, went into a lockdown. And actually, you uh, can go out just for, uh, like, do shopping, but also, um, like, for... I mean, you, if you have to walk the dog or stuff like that, but you have to stay at home. We also have a campaign that is uh, called Stay at Home. We, when we watch the TV, uh, we see, um, I mean, during the, um, La Publicità Malvi? Advertising during the advertising between a show and the other, we see this campaign uh, in which uh, I mean famous people uh, that can be singers or uh, conductors of a TV show or people like that that tell us to stay at home what we have to do like we have to uh, wash uh, our hands we don't have to go to crowded places we don't we have to keep the distance of a, a meter and stuff like that. And so our reality has changed because at the moment we should have been in uh, university. I didn't go back to the uni after my exams. And so we are trying to have like um, a distant teaching in which our teachers, our professors upload videos or insights. But we uh, have to study from our books mostly and uh, some of our midterms exams has been cancelled so we are going to uh um to give the entire exam at the end of our school year and so it's quite difficult uh, also because you have to organize your time otherwise you will be just uh, losing your days and uh, uh, so you have to understand how to study but also uh, you have like to find other hobbies and focus on the things you I don't know you couldn't do during all the year because you were very busy but otherwise you're going crazy in your home. Um, so in terms of the people that are testing positive Is the healthcare system in Italy currently able to house all of them and give them the support that they need? What's the process like? And maybe if any of your friends have had the flu and they've thought it was the coronavirus, how do they go about reporting it? 
And is the system equipped, in your opinion, to handle the cases that are occurring? We all know that the Italian healthcare system is a really good system. It was ranked uh, the second healthcare system in the whole Europe, uh, second to France only. And uh, it is a system in part private and in part public, but in the majority public, because it has a 77% of public part and the rest for a private one. Uh, we know that the, our healthcare system is good, but maybe it is not that good. I mean, it is under press, as it can be seen uh, in the news and newspapers and so on, and in particular in the north of, you, uh, of Italy. Um, for example, I, I read this morning on the newspaper that uh, um, also doctors... Uh, are being infected and uh, this could cause uh, an even greater per personal shortage and uh, near to our high school where we, we we went until a couple of years ago there there is like uh, a public uh, an exhibition space which is now abandoned because obviously all uh, the conventions which were scheduled there had been cancelled, and uh, due to the difficulties that hospitals have nowadays uh, for people, they, they decided to transform it into a hospital for 500 bed intensive care, which is the most, uh, which is the need right now. And uh, I think you probably saw uh, an image which became the symbol of the situation now in Italy which is uh, a photo of a nurse who collapsed her face down with her, with her mask on after 10 straight hours uh, of work. And uh, this is, this, I, I think it really represents really well the situation right now in Italy with, with hospitals and, and how people are, are being affected by that. And um, in terms uh, of... Uh, people being infected. I personally don't know anyone who has been infected, but I know that uh, uh, to, to be tested, you need particular conditions, otherwise you won't be tested, because obviously there are some restrictions for that, because we know that the number of tests is not unlimited. And I don't know if Zupi personally knows someone. So. Okay, no, I don't know, uh, I don't personally know anyone who has the coronavirus, but in, I mean, in the little town I've been to when I was uh, with my grandmother, uh, there have been uh, some cases and it is a smaller reality, so they know each other. And in this place uh, there was, uh, uh, in particular, a case that uh, we, I mean, my grandmother knew, and it was a really... Um, I mean, a, a weird situation. I mean, we didn't expect it, but uh, he uh, was uh, an, an old man. He had more than 70 years and uh, he resulted positive to the coronavirus test. And uh, he just had the symptoms and one day he went to the hospital and he never came back because he died there. Uh, I mean, the 
the coronavirus is very dangerous for old people, but also for young people. At the same time, it's very important for everyone uh, to be very careful because it can um, it can affect everyone. And in particular, we have a lot of cases. We are the worst hit country after China by coronavirus. And the total number of cases uh, in Italy is uh, hitting nearly uh, 25,000. And we have, I think, uh, 1,800 no, 1, deaths. So it's very, uh, they are very important numbers. And I think everyone is very thankful for our uh, public health care system. It is a system that works very well. But uh, as Malvina was saying, uh, it's a difficult time now. So uh, the staff, uh, I mean, the doctors and nurses are doing the uh, extra shifts, are taking on a lot of patients. But of course, it is um, it's a situation that cannot uh, continue uh, for a long time. And uh, China sent us some help, like uh, some machines, but also doctors and nurses and stuff. I mean, uh, more stuff. But it's a very difficult situation to be in. And I think in particular in the northern of Italy, because because the south of Italy, southern Italy is not so, um, I mean, is, is not so affected by the virus. We have a concentration in our region, but in in general in the northern Italy. So the structures and the hospitals of northern Europe, Italy are uh, more, um, I mean, are in a difficult period and. Uh, the staff is doing uh, what they can, and so for this reason, the campaign I was uh, telling about earlier, the Stay at Home campaign, is the least we can do. I mean, it's very important that people understand that this is not an, a normal flu, but this is this can be very dangerous. And uh, we are, um, I mean, we our government is trying uh, to uh, like to reduce the spread of the pandemic, but it's very difficult, as you can see. So the Italian government was sort of resistant to making sort of the extreme changes that were sort of necessary and that China has taken. When was the turning point where you guys, either personally or, you know, the students sort of turned to each other and said, this is actually more serious than I thought? As Robert said before, at first, the government decided to close only a part in the northern Italy like two or three cities, which were really affected by that at first. I think it, it was uh, around 25 of February, and uh, it was then that they closed also our universities in the northern Italy. And uh, then I think that the turning point was uh, on the 8th of March, when there was a lockdown of the entire Italy. And then even then, they realized that it was not, it would not have been enough to to prevent uh, that's so many deaths and then two days after uh, during the night between 9 and 10 March they decided to extend the quarantine to entire Italy and I think this was the real, real turning point I mean everyone realized that it was not a, a simple flu it was something more and uh, people were full of understanding for this consideration and also solidarity and they, with this stay-at-home campaign, we realized that the situation was, was really dangerous. It was really hard. And uh, it can be argued that, that we noticed it late. I mean, because there had been cases 
before the 8th of March, many cases. But I think that uh, personally, once we realized uh, what was happening in terms of deaths, uh, of cases and so on, we took it seriously and uh, these measures were necessary to, to prevent something uh, being even worse than what it is now. I know that, for example, other countries in Europe have taken different measures than ours. For example, let's say only the UK, uh, which uh, which uh, says uh, that uh, like 80% of people need to to be affected by this by by the coronavirus before guaranteeing guaranteeing uh, herd immunity. And uh, this, in, in terms of numbers, uh, this could cause uh, um, almost uh, 400,000 deaths. And it is really a lot. So the, the measures are different. Uh, and, but I think personally that the one we decided to, to take is the, bad, the best one. Uh, also because we have an example of a country which was able to defeat this virus, and it is China. Because I read that yesterday there were only new four cases in, in the whole China. I absolutely agree with Malvina also, because we experimented the uh, what China did, because we uh, closed the first city that was affected in Italy, that was Lodi. It was closed, and now, uh, I mean, in the small town near Lodi, they have zero cases. So it is an effective strat strategy, and uh, we saw that it's effective, and so it just requires uh, a, a little sacrifice from everyone, of course, uh, the economy has stopped, so it will be a problem. Uh, at first, when they told us we weren't going, uh, we, well, we weren't coming back to the uni to university, some people took it as a vacation, as a holiday, uh, because at first we didn't understand what was uh, happening. Also, because the, um, the, I don't know, maybe the information. Uh, I, I actually don't know the reason but at first the people didn't realize uh, about the danger of the coronavirus and so they just uh, hang out with each other they went to take drinks uh, to a bar and stuff like that and so it's very dangerous because for that reason i think that uh, the cases uh, uh, went up i mean the number increased a lot and so I think that now Italy uh, has understood uh, the importance of what we are doing. I mean, uh, it's difficult, but at the same time, it's the only measure we can take that is going to be um, that it's going to be uh, very useful. Uh, it's the only thing we can do, I think. And uh, uh, Italy has taken the best measures. It, uh, I think, in the in general, in Europe, I don't agree with what the UK is doing. And at the same time, I think that we can be an example. I mean, we have a lot of cases, but that must teach other countries what to do. It must teach that it's not over. It's not just China. It's everywhere. Uh, we also had some racist, uh, like uh, r some racism against the Chinese people, but uh, 
in the reality, the coronavirus is not racist virus. It can affect everyone. So it's just the smart thing to do is watch out for each other and to understand that we are a community. There, uh, there is. Um, I mean, we have to. Uh, help each other to help uh, people uh, who are in need. I mean, help old people, but at the same time, not discriminate someone. I, I think in America, or at least in New York, we're currently at the stage where everyone is treating it like a vacation. And like all of my friends, they're going out to bars and they're like tr treating this as exactly what you said. So it kind of feels like we're going through the same thing that you went through with your peers, but you mentioned that um, the economy is at a stop right now. And one of the other reasons that people are still going out, if they're not just going out to party, we don't have paid sick leave here. A lot of workers don't have that. So people who are getting infected are still going to work. So how is Italy dealing with the impact of people staying at home economically is it providing like universal basic income or paid sick leave is anything like that happening um in one of the declaration by our prime minister he said that uh, all people uh, who did jobs to which could be continued from home they should do them from home like a sort of smart working he decided that uh, he declared that uh, all uh, the companies should continue paying their their workers but i know that the situation is not so so simple in in the majority of the cases where workers are, are not paid uh, um, constantly or where uh, there are difficult situation to, to to be considered and uh, we know that in general it could affect our, our 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 economy because, for example, four days ago, the Christine Lagarde, which is the president of the European Central Bank, declared that uh, it is not the European Central Bank task to stop spreads rising. Uh, our our bursts collapsed almost, we can say collapsed because it, it closed uh, almost minus 17%, which is a, a loss of 68 billion euros. And it, it is really a lot. And and then, uh, then the day after, there was a strong rebound, uh, like plus 13%. But it is, what we are going, we are facing right now is a situation when, where we do not know what will happen the day after. And I think the, I read an article where it was written that the um, Italy's tourism um, makes uh, almost 200 billion euros in Italy each year. And we, if we lose completely or a part of it of that income, it's, it, it's really complicated. I heard about uh, I mean, some help that the government is going to give to the um, to the workers who are not able to go to work or who are affected by the coronavirus. And I just I can just say that a lot of people I know are smart working. 
Like, for example, my parents are smart working in this moment. And uh, also, like, my ankles. So I can say a lot of people use it, but, of course, not all of the workers can do it. And we have opened just, um, like, the non-essential shops are closed. So, like, for example, the supermarkets and the pharmacies are opened, but uh, the other shops are all closed. And... Uh, I don't know, it's going to be a problem after the coronavirus is not an emergency anymore. Uh, but I, I'm hopeful and I really hope that our country will solve also this problem. But it's going to be very, very hard and we need the uh, European uh, help. I, uh, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about this stage of still going out, especially when people don't understand the severity of the situation. I wanted to know if you guys went out and treated it like a vacation. Uh, we didn't take it as a vacation, but we, we, I personally didn't understand at first uh, the, the complexity and the, how dangerous this situation could, could, could be. The perception of of what is happening also comes personally from the news. At first, from the news, we saw politicians, I'm not going to make names, who said that it was a flu, that we should go out, we should continue working, and then they started the campaign, Milan doesn't stop, or Italy doesn't stop in general. So it's... Um, it depends on the perception that comes from the news uh, because uh, at first they said something like that and then on the 8th of March they, they locked down uh, all, all Italy. And uh, then, then obviously the situation was taken much more seriously also when the news uh, started to say uh, that we should stay home and that th this was much worse than than we without i have to uh to ad admit that i went out um it, because it was not like just like a vacation like a holiday but it was more like um we were more careful we kept distance but it was not perceived as a pandemic it was not considered so dangerous also i mean like you know your parents are saying uh, please be careful and you you are careful but you don't realize what it's going to be like i would have never imagined uh, the entire italy into a lockdown like a nation a nationwide lockdown it was not something I would have imagined. So it's, I think that uh, absolutely, we understood maybe a little bit too late what, uh, I mean, the importance of the coronavirus on our economy, but on our, our country in general. And uh, that's the reason why it's important that other countries that, and are going to take um, measures uh, like restrictions uh, for uh, like to reduce the spread of this pandemic and uh, it's very important that they don't act like the UK because that's not the fact that you can you can't just say to a country that they have to be ready to lose someone they love it's not 
it's not something that you can imagine in the 21st century. We have the power, we have the means, uh, we can do something and we must do it. Our government must do it. So what are some of the things that Italy has been doing in addition to what you have been saying that you think countries like UK or US should adopt? And then what are some things that are happening in Italy that you think aren't being done well enough and you think that the Italian government should do more? What are some of those things? Uh, I think that our healthcare system is working really, really, really well, and it is working day and night to, in order to solve this problem of theater. And but I think that the the importance of the public reaction should also be taken into consideration. I mean, we have, we have to follow the rules. We have to follow what the government says we should do like not going out, because unfortunately I continue seeing photos uh, on Instagram or on, or on other social networks uh, where people go out uh, like having a stroll or, um, or going to the park because they think that going to the park on your own uh, won't be a problem for you. But the situation now is not that you will be affected, is preventing others from being affected in a moment where our, our healthcare system is in danger. And um, I think that in general, the government now has done what, what it should do. It's our, it's our problem to, to follow the rules of what is being said. And uh, talking about a little bit of finance, uh, uh, the, the, gov the government gave uh, almost, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 30 million euro, euros more to, in order to solve this problem to the healthcare system. And, uh, uh, and they put it into the de our debt. So uh, it was the right thing to do. I mean, it's, we know that uh, Italy's uh, uh, debt is already really really huge but in this problem we we need the, the this money to for the healthcare system to 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 go on and to continue working it's really interesting that the italian government injected so much money into the healthcare system because in the united states the federal reserve bank injected 1.5 trillion dollars to the market to make sure that the market doesn't collapse. So you're seeing two very interesting and completely different responses from two countries that are very well developed. But it's really interesting how there is that choice to support the public and to support a system that's trying to contain the um, virus versus another that's very market oriented and is, is trying to keep the economy alive. I think the difference between the USA and Italy, I mean, a very important difference is that we have a public healthcare system. I mean, that's the main reason. That's why we invested in it. So you wouldn't be able to do it because where are you going to invest? I mean, in which country you have 50 states? <laughs> it's like, in which state we have to invest more? And so it's, very difficult. I think for you, it's going to be more difficult for this reason. I mean, you had the Obama healthcare, then Trump came in, and we know where the Obama healthcare is now. 
So I think that's, I mean, I think that um, make us think about the different situations. I mean, I'm very grateful to be Italian in this moment. Let's just say that. Okay, and I think that the measures that our government took are the right ones. They are dramatic uh, measures, but there are restrictions that a lot of countries have to take to reduce the spread of the coronavirus. And so it's important that no one goes out without... Uh, I mean, we have at this moment to bring with uh, ourselves uh, an auto-certification when the prime minister ordered the um, the nationwide lockdown, he also added the fact that people were not allowed to go out. Um, they could go to the supermarket, to the pharmacies, they could walk the dog out and stuff like that. But they could not go out just for fun. So they, um, they thought about these auto-certifications that are some documents that you have to uh, write. I mean, there is some part that is written by the government and then you have to fill the blank spaces. And uh, in these blank spaces, it's written uh, where you are going to, uh, you, where are you from and where you want to go for which reasons and stuff like that. In this way, uh, the government is taking, like, also, uh, I mean, measures uh, also for those people who are not following the orders. This outer certification is controlled by the police. Uh, if we find it uh, uh, during our walk, during, uh, I don't know, we, when we go out, we have to have this auto certification. And if this auto certification uh, says things that are not true, we can be fined. And I think that um, the public reaction is very important, but Italians are doing a good job. I mean, there are, there are cases that in which they don't follow the rules, they don't follow the law, but in the majority of the cases, uh, they are just uh, trying to cheering each other up. They're um, raising a sense of community that is uh, the sense of community of the Italian people, of our culture. And so I think also that um, it's, it's a step that uh, is very important for every country to arise this sense of uh, belonging to your nation. And uh, the only thing I, I have to say is that in Italy at the moment, there is a little bit of confusion about the restrictions, about what people can and cannot do. Uh, but I think that it's because it's such an emergency that we, are, we were not prepared and uh, we are just in a little bit of chaos. So that's the only thing, but absolutely our healthcare system is working good, it's doing great things, but we have problems, but that's natural. For example, the, the masks that for the health, uh, the, for the um, employees of the healthcare system are missing, uh, we need more machines uh, and stuff like that. But I think that other countries will help us, like for example, China, and uh, so I, I think everything will be okay.
Yeah, there are like those videos that are going viral about it, like Italians coming to their balconies <laughs> and singing. Have you guys done that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah oh, of really? course. Oh, I mean, God. it started like I didn't understand. I mean, it was six p.m. and uh, I started <laughs> hearing people singing like national anthem or in general singing in general, playing piano or playing the guitar. Uh, and uh, and then I realized that it was like a flash mob that people <laughs> did from from the balconies. I mean, it, it may may sound stupid. Obviously, it is stupid, but in general, it is done to to lift to the spirits while we are in lockdown. And uh, our motto now is everything will be fine which is a trend, a trend on Twitter and uh, on social networks in general. And uh, I think we, we, it, is, it is a nice, nice thing to, to be all together, even during a situation which is so difficult. And uh, singing together is not bad either. Yes, absolutely. So Italians are singing songs, but also playing uh, instruments from their windows, from their balconies. And the songs they are singing are popular Italian songs. So it's our song, the song of, uh, I don't know, the community. And uh, it, it could sound funny, but it also makes you smile. And uh, that's important. Uh, it's important uh, that people understand that what we are doing has a sense it's in, it's useful and uh, also our prime minister uh, in uh, a communication told us that we have to um, to follow these restrictions uh, these measures uh, so to stay uh, far away from each other uh, so that one day we could hug, hug again so yes <laughs> that's that's the point This is so inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It makes me want to cry. It's like, I mean, because I don't know, living in the US, it's kind of like, you know, distance is supposed to bring people farther apart. But in Italy, everyone found a way to come together again as a community. And I can never imagine something like that happening here. It, it seems like yeah, it's like so just not, not possible. Well, yes, but we have to say we have also a very different history. I mean, the unification of Italy was not an easy step. It was a very long one. And also we, I don't know, I don't think I understood uh, that we were such um, a strong country um, and that we were so close to each other. Uh, since this moment, I mean, when there is an emergency, you see the good side of the people. I mean, you, you can see also the bad side, but a lot of good sides. And so in particular, it's very, very nice to see uh, the, the southern of Italy, that is the one that is less affected by the virus, that is, uh, um, I mean, the restrictions uh, are nationwide so they are locked in their home but they understand that even if they don't have so many cases it's important to stay there for us but also for them and in general I think for the whole humankind. So you said that uh, you were start you were going out a little bit at the beginning 
I wanted to ask you, since you're not one of those people who had to get last minute tickets back to Italy, um, how did you uh, start understanding that you should probably be staying home and take part of, you know, social distancing? Was it your friends, like your family that you were thinking about or like one of those uh, the media campaigns that we discussed? How did you start understanding that you should stay home? Okay. Um, at first, I have to say that in uh, I have uh, a, per- a peculiar situation in my family because I uh, one of my parents uh, is ill, so um, she is more uh, more likely to get coronavirus. I mean, she is. Uh, I mean, her immune system is weaker. So uh, since the beginning, when uh, the the news of the China. Um, the China emergency uh, came out, I have been very careful. Um, so for this reason, I, I mean, I kept going out because it was, um, I mean, the emergency and the coronavirus was far away. It was not in my reality. Uh, for this reason, I, um, I mean, I went out, but I was very careful. I uh, didn't go near to... To people and uh, I was um, I don't know I had this re- this really bad feeling that something bad was going to happen so I was very very careful at the same time when the government uh, started saying that it was a dangerous situation it was not acceptable to go out for me and I also told my friends not to go out because it was important. Uh, I think that it was just the, the news. When I understood that it was actually very dangerous, I stayed at home. Uh, I don't think that my close, uh, um, I mean, the, the people close to me have the virus. Uh, but at the same time, it's possible. I mean, you don't know you have it. You, there is an incubation period that is uh, something like two weeks, 14 days, something like, yeah. something like that. So, um, I could be dangerous for other people, but also other people could be dangerous for me and for the people who I loved most. So I think that it's, it's okay. I mean, to not understand rights in the perfect moment that you uh, are um, you're facing an emergency but at the in the moment you understand it you have to spread the word and uh, uh, it was yeah of course uh, talking with my parents uh, watching the news uh, and also yes talking with my friends but I think that our age I mean the 20s uh, uh, 20 year, years old uh, or uh, also the teenagers uh, are not so impressed by the news and so they don't think it's actually a danger and they think they are more powerful and it's true they have a, an immune system I don't know the yeah. right word, okay? I mean, their system works better than others, but they have to look out for the others. And so that's the, the key point. Uh, you, even if you don't go out anymore, you can just text your friend, call them, uh, do like, uh, I don't know, with Skype, for example. <laughs> you can still do something. Of course, it's not the ideal situation, but it is what it is. I wanted to ask, um, well, since students here or like younger people are still going out, I was wondering what would you guys tell them? 
using this podcast as a platform to communicate? How would you try to convince them? I mean, it's, I don't think we have to convince them. They need to realize by themselves that the situation is dangerous and that uh, it's, it's not about being infected. It's, it's about caring about those who are around you, your parents, your grandma, your grandmother, your grandfather, and so on. If you only care about those who are around you and who could be infected, uh, then you should stay home. But it's a conviction that you should reach, uh, you should reach by yourself, I think. And uh, after that, uh, as Zofi said before, everything will go back to normality and uh, we, we will go back to our universities, uh, to partying with friends. But for now, it's better like that for us, but especially for others. I I think that everyone needs to think about what's happening, what has happened in China, to read about it, uh, to inform about what's happened and what's happening, because it's not over. Uh, the coronavirus just left China and arrived somewhere else. Almost every country has some cases. So the important thing to do is to look for each other, to care about each other, to understand that it's not just you, but it's everyone, and not to be self-centered. I mean, I, you are going to be able to live your life, to party, um, to hang out with your friends, that you have a lot of time to do that. But at the moment, it's important that you a focus on staying at home and focus on not spreading the illness and focus on being a better human being and to just care for each other because at the end of the day that's what's really important.